the mic drop. Yo, what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Big Mike, your host. This is the Big Mike Drop, State of the Union response. I watched the State of the Union address last night, and I had a couple of uh, observations. I just wanted to drop them real quick with y'all. This isn't going to be a long podcast today. It's just a way to kind of get the word out there and check the temperature here, especially with this voting thing in Iowa and, you know, the caucuses starting and whatnot. Um... I think that uh, we need to really get back to the politics. We need to start paying more attention to the politics, and we need to definitely get out and vote for 2020. And, then, and you know, I'm not sitting up here telling anybody who to vote for. I'm just saying get out and vote and participate in the political process, especially in your local elections. Those are the ones that are going to impact whether you hit a pothole and your windshield crack and you blow a tire. So... Um, deal with the day-to-day, what's on your doorstep, but also pay attention to what's going on on the federal level and, you know, with our whole government and look at how our government is being restructured and being reshaped. And it's time to start thinking about where we're going to head in the future. I didn't really want to start this podcast right now. I was going to do it later in the month, but I think today would be a good time to talk about it. So let's kind of discuss black history and uh, black future. I appreciate y'all for listening. I hope you enjoy the show. I'll be right back after this quick break. The mic drop. Like a lot of other people in the United States of America, I did uh, entertain the State of the Union address last night, in which case our illustrious president, Donald J. Trump, laid out his plan for the next year. Um, I know a lot of us were already closed off mentally to listening, but I, I never put myself in that position. I always try to stay open-minded enough to at least listen. Because information is power. And like G.I. Joe says, knowing is half the battle. So I know a lot a lot of people this morning find themselves upset and, you know, pissed off. But why are you pissed off? What did you see? 
in the State of the Union that alarmed you and that, that, that got under your skin? I saw a couple of things, and like I said, I, I try not to be too dedicated to outcomes at all, so I try not to um, invest any emotional energy into that, period. But I saw a couple of things that sparked my interest, I should say, and heard a couple of things in this State of the Union address, if you can call it that. It was uh, very game show-esque to me. You know, you had a lot of props, a lot of people that were brought there, and we'll talk about that here in a moment of the makeup of people that were brought there and kind of giving prizes or, you know, giving concessions to show up and show support. In which case, it happens every State of the Union address. I mean, Donald Trump didn't invent this, but I guess with a mixture of the hair and the kind of corny game show host appearance and plus what I know about him from the past with The Apprentice and whatnot, it kind of gives it a very uh, inauthentic feel to it. It feels like a show. And the Democrats didn't do no better. We'll talk about them in a little bit, though. But the first thing that I noticed and I don't know if all of y'all noticed it. I think everybody's kind of wrapped up with the whole Nancy Pelosi theatrics of ripping up the speech and, you know, him not shaking her hand, in which case that's just completely petty. And that gives me a, another set of thoughts about the state of our government and what they're really doing to work for us and to serve us. We shouldn't forget that. But with the theatrics and whatnot, it was really um, mind-boggling. Because y'all y'all using my money. They're using our money. We pay them to be up there. And nobody's going to get a Grammy. I mean, an Oscar, I'm sorry. I get that shit confused. But nobody's going to get an Oscar for being a senator or a congressperson or the president. So I don't want to see all the theatrics. To me, the Democrats look lethargic. They look beat, in which case we should have never put so much into a Trump impeachment. We should have just let the people vote him out of office instead of giving him a, a, a point of rally for his support and for his base, which is all the impeachment essentially did. But the first thing I really noticed was he started really appealing to African-Americans really quick into the speech, and he kind of kept that theme going through, in which case he talked about the African-American unemployment rate being the lowest, the African-American youth unemployment rate being the lowest it's ever been in history, and the African-American poverty rate is the lowest ever recorded. And then he goes into the criminal justice reform that's been happening, happening under his administration, which is, you know, a good thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's something bad, something that we should fear or be afraid of because the, the criminal justice system does need reform. But why did it take a Republican to, to come up with this? I thought it was the opposite. We'll talk about that here too soon. I don't know if I'm going to get to it this show, but we'll talk about that soon as to why Democrats never took the opportunity when they were in office to enact these reforms. But did anybody else notice that 
He almost started or could have possibly started a civil war in Venezuela last night. I've been watching the news cycle all day and have not really heard anything about that. Um, not on a major scale. Like I said, I'm hearing more about him not shaking Nancy Pelosi's hand and her ripping up the speech and all of this stuff that really doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with policy and it has nothing to do with making my life better, nor yours. But the Venezuela thing is interesting because he just legitimized the president or the ousted president of Venezuela. Nicolas Maduro is the president right now. But welcoming, and I, I don't know the guy's name right off the bat, Juan something, but welcoming him in the middle of the State of the Union and introducing him as the real president of Venezuela and telling him to take this back to his people, that's essentially starting a civil war. But I don't think anybody really picked up on that. I thought it was outstanding. Um, maybe that's the wrong choice of words. I'm not going to say outstanding because I don't agree with it. But <clears throat> it was amazing. I think I was amazed to see that and amazed to see a president actually do that in that setting. I don't know what Venezuela has to do with the state of our union besides oil. So my guess is the guy that they introduced is the guy that's going to sell us their oil. And he's not a communist. That's my guess. But I've never seen that happen in a State of the Union address. I have not been voting very long, you know, um, considering the facts. And I haven't been paying attention to the State of the Union very long. Maybe the last 10, 15 years of my life. Well, I guess, you know, when George Bush was in. So that was almost 20 years ago. But I never paid attention to it before then. I was in the military, so essentially I was apolitical. Didn't have any political beliefs. But that's that's truly amazing that he would use that forum to legitimize a president of a sovereign nation. Keep your eye on that because we're going to see something about that in the future. I guarantee you. I listened to talk radio this morning, and I listened to Urban View. I even listened to conservative talk radio. We'll definitely talk about the whole Rush Limbaugh thing here in a little bit and what that meant. And everybody was talking about the use of black props, especially Janiyah and the Tuskegee Airmen, uh, Colonel McGee. Also, the, the homeless guy from Cincinnati that started his own construction company and lost his family and was able to get his family back and get off drugs, in which case, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not criticizing the fact that the man got his life right. What I am questioning is why does the State of the Union address, why is that the forum to talk about this man getting his life right? Something's going on, and Donald Trump is definitely pandering to black people, 
and we have to pay attention to these things because they need us. The mic drop. Let me clear up a couple of things. Let me pull this microphone to me. Let me clear up a couple of things about me and my political views because I definitely don't want you to have any questions about it. And I will be honest, my political views will change over time, just like everybody else's. So let me kind of clarify where I am politically and what I think. So Donald J. Trump, I, I really don't see a big issue or a big difference with his policies from any other Republican. What I do see is somebody who has too much access to the public and we don't have enough access to him and he has bad character traits. His rhetoric, his rhetoric is horrible. The things he says and the way he acts and the way he bloviates and, you know, pontificates moot points and hits Twitter and assaults people. I think that's lacking the moral character to be my leader. I'm not saying I'm perfect. Don't get me wrong. But he lacks the moral character to be the president. He lacks the moral character to be a politician, period. He almost lacks the moral character to be a businessman. But he's managed to be very successful in business because of these character flaws. But as the president of the United States, the United States is not just a business. It is a business. It's a corporation, but it's not only a business. You have to understand the social dynamics of the United States in order to not say certain things. I wasn't overly excited about the whole impeachment thing because I thought that was a, a tactical blunder on the part of the Democrats. They should have been focusing on the issues. Let Trump focus on the scandal. Y'all focus on the issues. But they did not do that. They fell into the trap. They wasted a bunch of taxpayers' money on this phony, baloney-ass trial in which they didn't prove anything. They couldn't even get witnesses. I totally, I was totally confused through the whole impeachment process as to really what the outcome in the end game was. At first, I thought it was brilliant that you impeach him and just put that stain on his, on his, on his history. But that only works with regular people who have normal moral boundaries. It doesn't work for him. You can't shame him into be, not being an asshole. I'm sorry. So I naturally side-eye everything he does and everything he says. And Limbaugh receiving the Medal of Freedom, or Medal of whatever, Medal of Honor, Medal of Freedom, one of them shits. 
I don't know what it is. I mean, to me, Donald Trump giving you anything really doesn't matter. It's an asterisk by his presidency, and therefore it's an asterisk by your award. And I know the man is dying from lung cancer, and they probably want to find a way to honor him, but one thing for certain, there's no Rush Limbaugh. If there is no Rush Limbaugh, or when there's no Rush Limbaugh, the conservative movement will lose steam. And I think that's what Trump was doing to gain favor and curry favor amongst his Republican base. It's totally not valuable. Rush Limbaugh knows that he doesn't deserve the honor. And Donald Trump knows that he doesn't deserve the honor. So anything Trump gives you, it, it has no honor behind it. Therefore, it doesn't matter. Everybody's so up in arms about the things that appeared to happen as opposed to what was really happening, what we were really seeing, the, the, the nonverbal cues that were being given off. All that standing and applauding and all that overacting and sitting down on the Democratic side with your, with your, your uh, cheek in your hand. Like you're bored. I wouldn't have showed up. That's just me personally. My boy Bernie Sanders didn't show up. He out working. But it's a lot of things going on and it's a lot of moving parts to this system. And to be honest, in my best interest as being a black male, I have to pay attention to these because they're not designed for me to get forward or for me to thrive. So I have to pay attention to these things. Bottom line, Donald Trump needs the black vote. Or he needs you to not vote. But there's no landslide. This thing is closer than a lot of people think. Don't let the rhetoric fool you. Don't let the access fool you. Now, if they try to shove Joe Biden down our throat, then I think Donald Trump is a shoe-in for the win. And based on this crap that's going on in Iowa, I think that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to rig it in Biden's favor. Bernie Sanders won Iowa. Mayor Pete was second. Elizabeth Warren was third. Joe Biden was fourth. Down there with Amy Klobuchar and, and uh, whoever else the hell is still in the, still in the race. Don't be fooled by the smoke in the mirrors. Pay attention to what's really going on in the undercurrent of this political culture that we live in. You got a lot of people, ah, I don't pay attention to politics, I just live my life. Politics determines in a lot of situations how you live your life, most situations. Stop using that as a cop-out. 
if you don't stand for anything or something, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. That's how that goes. I listened to the rest of the State of the Union address and uh, I kind of was listening to some things that he was saying that kind of sounded familiar, like Obama was saying and the Republicans were giving him so much flack about it. I remember Rush Limbaugh talking about it. But putting high-speed internet and making sure everybody has access to high-speed internet, especially in rural areas, that's directly from Obama's playbook. You see, Trump is an actor. In the State of the Union address was a game show. Or a reality show. I mean, I thought at one point in time, everybody was going to look under their seat and have an envelope with special gift cards and shit in it. $100 Target gift card. Don't let these people fool you, man. I'm going to tell you one thing about Washington that I noticed from looking at this is Washington is old and decayed. And I mean idealistically or ideologically decayed on both sides. We need to replace these people with people, young people, that have fresh ideas. And I'm not saying that when you're old, you, you, can't, you can't do this or that and the other. But it's overwhelmingly filled with people that are old. You know, my aunt said the other day <laughs> that she's 81. And she's like, hell, I can't even sit in the house for 12 hours. How do you expect them to sit down for 12, 13 hours and some of these people older than me? It's completely ineffective. And we're paying these people $175,000 a year to act. And act like they're doing something. I could break it down to you why they're not doing anything. Because a lot of these people are Tea Party candidates. A lot of these people gained prominence on the Republican side during the Tea Party revolt. In which case, Tea Party members, their whole objective was to block, not to govern. They were obstructionists to make sure Obama didn't get anything through, which he did get through. So they all have an axe to grind. But where we are as a country is at an impasse where neither side can govern. Democrats can't govern because they don't have any majorities anywhere except for the House. We almost are at a point to where we won't have have a um a balanced Supreme Court. I think it's off balance now. Who you got? Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, John Roberts, 
Neil Gorsuch, and Brett Kavanaugh. Who else on the Democratic side? It's only nine of them. Ruth Bader Ginsburg should have retired when Obama was in office to give him another judge to put in. Sandra uh, Sotomayor on the Democratic side. Ginsburg. Is Kennedy still there? So, I had to look that up. I ain't gonna lie, I don't pay much attention to it. Like I said, I expect them to be old and and die from the die out of the job, but I don't think our senators and congressmen should. Because one thing about it, if a, a congressman or a senator dies, especially in their nineties and they're still elected, then that means you get an unelected official that takes their place. The governor gets to pick. So we witnessed a lot of political blunders, tactical blunders, strategical blunders from both parties over the last few years. And here we are, America 2020. 2020. The Mike, Mike, Mike Drop. Drop. Drop.